0: back. We'll be right back. Welcome to another episode of Prop Talk, the official podcast of the Property Masters Guild. Um, I'm your host for today, uh, Mikey Trudell, and with us for another episode is Carissa Douglas.
1: Yeah, thanks from Ben Labs. From Ben Labs. Product Placement Agency. Yeah. Um, Super excited today, Mikey, because I have two very good friends, I would say decades long friends, you know, I don't want the audience to know our age, but it's experience so I'm um, super excited. So I have Jen Buckmaster, who has been a friend and a client from Microsoft and Xbox. But we're going to start with Xbox. We go back to the beginning of, of Xbox. And then I have Chuck McSorley, also a very close friend of mine for almost three decades, I'm going to say. But we go back with gaming to Sega genesis then launching saturn so yeah so jen your eyes were big we're going to talk some early days of e3 uh you know the transition from from those to to where we are today so um quick introduction jen what's your title now uh
2: director of music and entertainment partnerships
1: right so she does it both and that's why i think it's a natural fit that you have these uh these headphones on because you did start in radio i did
2: yes I, i did news and weather so you know like where all the legends start in local hometown radio.
1: And where was that hometown?
2: Uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I just like
1: oh, you
0: wow. to say it. <laughs> what did you do in radio? Uh,
2: I literally did the news and weather, uh, and then I did station promotions. Pretty oh, really? Much, I was making 20000 comma $200. Uh, so anything they told me to do was pretty much my job. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Did you meet artists? Uh, no, stars? no.
2: As you might imagine, no artists were in a big hurry to come through <laughs> <laughs> Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. So yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, uh, pre-canned information that came through our station.
1: Did you want to be in music before you got into entertainment?
2: Uh, yeah, my older brother was uh, working at a big marketing firm, uh, big in, in the big city uh, in Milwaukee, and uh, he was doing some things that were music program uh, adjacent, and that kind of became my dream. I, I was always interested in music, but there was no concert halls or anything anywhere near us, so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I started fresh.
1: And the weather. You always wanted to be a weather girl?
2: Oh, no. I say, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought you meant of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, no, it's I, terrible. As it turns out, I was never in a big hurry to, uh, to be the weather uh, reporter at a, at a local radio station. But, you know, you, you create new dreams uh, based on the opportunities you get.
1: And here we are. Yeah. And Chuck, the first time I met Chuck, um, I think we talked about Batman. One of your ba- coolest projects was, was Batman. Also, you blew me away when you told me you were an extra in Less Than Zero.
3: A little bit But <laughs> I, I I was also the lead man on lessons, right? I know But I was the
1: yeah. I was such an 80s girl That I was like Less than zero That's so cool That does you make know? you Kind of legendary And that's, then I watched that's the when movie I got in the union Yeah From from on that on From that SAG For it, SAG I'm kidding No, <laughs> <laughs>
3: no it, it started out Non-union And the uh, union came down And wanted to Sign everyone And they said well, We're gonna do a picket Or you guys will sign And John Abnett said Let's sign So that was it
1: Union's is A lot of talk right now yeah. We're right them. When this comes out, hopefully uh we'll oh, have yeah. some contracts resolved. right? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, cool. there,
0: there's some things. That, I mean, they're still in the room today. I mean, we're recording on a Sunday, which is bizarre for, mm-hmm. for them to actually be in the room during that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: is that a positive sign?
0: Yes, I think so. Yeah, we yeah. Think so it means they kind of locked themselves in, and like I, that's what everybody's been wanting. They're like, you shouldn't come out of the room until like you got a deal on the table, and that. I mean CEOs don't work on Sundays. Yes. So I think there's that. <laughs> for, so they want it they want this to end, it sounds like just as much as we do now. It's We've like, lost too much money.
1: Yeah. It's like conflict resolution with your kids. You know, you're like, go to your rooms and figure it out and you can leave. <laughs> it's almost the same with
2: everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except for with billions of dollars on the exactly, line. Exactly. Right? But yeah, otherwise <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah.
1: Not a bunch of Legos that you'll confiscate one hundred percent You know, if they don't figure it out. Speaking of eighties, I was thinking about you know gaming on the way over here and earlier today and arcades were where we started at least for me mm-hmm. uh, i was oh, a girl the 80s for sure what was your first like arcade game that you really loved playing galaga nice. which one was Gal- galaga i think i was like galact what was galaga it's the little spaceship
3: one that you here you go
1: She's gonna now. pull it up yeah, I like it. here it yeah. is Oh, <laughs> right, pulling up the screen oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. no totally <laughs> i've definitely seen that Look at those advanced graphics! Oh, wow. You know, for yeah. the audience at home, we're looking at the graphics of Galaga. No, um, I
0: played this game too. Totally, <laughs> this is this is probably still at I don't those think classic arcades. Yes, yeah.
3: it was super basic. Yeah, but, but you could go far.
2: I only played whatever my brothers wanted to get. Like I got their second, so it was you know Pac-Man and mm-hmm. uh, Asteroids and like yeah. all of the you know all of the early ones that came like probably packaged with the box.
1: <clears throat> I mean, it was the time. Like uh, we'd go to Pizza Hut. After our <laughs> little league games, and like the parents yeah. would just like sit there on the, it was so dark, which worked for the arcade, and they would just have the pitchers of beer. And then thinking back, they would happily send us over to the arcade. Mine was Crystal Castles, oh.
2: I don't, oh, right? Yeah, I remember that. You know,
1: Deep cut. it's it's a little stereotypical girl <laughs> because it's like crystals and diamonds. Yeah, you so know, we <laughs> do it, we do it for hours and hours, and uh, I think it's no different now. I for our kids like to be gaming in their their rooms, gaming just means know. such
2: a different thing now uh, it's not the person sitting in front of their mm-hmm. console or whatever yeah, everyone's a gamer with whatever you're doing on your phone for the most part
1: which is uh, why it works for entertainment yes you know like, like I said uh, I started out with uh, Peter Moore who's like a legend <laughs> yeah. in the gaming industry on the corporate side and has a wonderful British accent and he was like we just starting out as well. I think just starting out. He was like CMO. He was so pretty yeah. serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. but it was no, like pretty, so pretty cool senior. to yeah. learn um, all the strategy that goes into game launches. We were at, at the time, um, yeah, we were we were the underdog because PlayStation and Nintendo. Nintendo mm-hmm. was the biggie mm-hmm. at the time. And so I think it
2: still is. <laughs> still? Sure. I mean, I think the the broad audience that they reach is is always going to put them in a different echelon than any other yeah, they, console. Yeah,
0: they got those exclusives and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that, but then it's like the, all the Mario stuff. The, mm-hmm. Mario just came out with one of the biggest movies this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you such say. a beloved character. Yeah. No one they're, can they, touch those franchises. Exactly. I mean, as far as the amount of money that movie made, they're stuck right now in between Oppenheimer and Barbie as, mm-hmm. like, the most profitable yeah. movie mm-hmm. of the year. So, you have that, and then, like, they keep coming out with, like, the new things, like the Nintendo Switch to where where you can like, kind of yeah. take it on the road, and then anybody who has one's like, well, I got one too. Let's play with our controllers <laughs> on this tiny little screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have the handheld market. Uh, I think, and also, like you said, the the long term beloved characters. Like, uh, it, it would be very t- hard to touch uh, that meant those many mm-hmm. years of legacy.
1: So, no Master Chief. I
2: per- mean, listen. I think Halo means a lot to a certain echelon oh, of definitely. people that came up yeah, uh, in definitely. gaming during that time period. But you know, unless you happen to be a gamer when the Halo. You know, when when it was a big thing, like two thousand six ish, I think you probably are not getting into Halo now. I mean, not as, certainly not as much as people were then.
1: Chuck, your collectory. Do you still have Halo uh, collectibles? Sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't get rid of anything. I'm a prop master.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the rules. I can always use this someday. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, so then, my story is when we've we were called to Seattle. Uh, I didn't know that that Microsoft was launching Xbox and mm-hmm. so we were uh, called which was great and invited to go speak with the Xbox team and it was about a year and a half before you guys launched and I just remember thinking at the time I can't imagine them getting in like Microsoft's going to get <laughs> into the gaming space. Yeah. Like, we were coming off uh, Dreamcast launch. Which was like oh remember Dreamcast? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nine nine ninety nine was the launch. <laughs> and uh, Was it ninety nine? Yeah. There was Man. that
3: one game that you you could grow a tree or a plant from you had to water it every day and stuff and yeah, it
4: was on thought
1: I thought that was like
2: the, that sounds like my Tamagotchi is like, so tamagotchi.
4: like <laughs> <laughs> I
1: d I don't remember, but it was yeah, it was crazy because it was the first time I like they launched, and then they did this part. And then launched, they did this party at um. Well, they launched with a, like a private concert with Blink One Eighty Two, mm-hmm. uh, which was at the Forum Club. Uh, yeah, at the Forum, and we were in the Forum Club with Blink One Eighty Two, and it was the first time I saw like clients with full sleeves, <laughs> which is super common now. Mikey's yeah. looking yeah. at me, but like back <laughs> I, in the
0: I, mine's only a half sleeve, <laughs>
1: but like back in the day, you go into like marketing meetings or ad agencies, and everyone had not tattoos Button all over ups. their arms yep. button-ups and like mm-hmm. we wore pantyhose as the girls <laughs> like it, it was a thing so i was like wow we're like onto something in this whole evolution of you know like gaming or like rock and roll and then you guys came in and it was my first you know first time with you guys at e3 mm-hmm. and i'm i'm gonna say this is it's not a dig but it's the evolution of xbox separating in the beginning like you just said microsoft launching. launching was a lot of like fleece vests Yes, I and mean, khakis, as at, one at... tends to find in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> They're very stereotypical.
1: But then there was a quick jump to like just the excitement of, of Xbox and, and coolness. And I think a lot of that was the commitment to entertainment.
2: Yeah, know? absolutely. I think even early days, there was a lot of people who were thinking of it uh, more in entertainment um uh, Framework thinking about it being a blockbuster and launching games similar to how movies were launched. Uh, I think that was something that kind of set us apart early days. That was that was always a focus.
0: So, so was this though? You you were handling placement at the time for movies and, and TV still?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was my first agency, um, the Catalyst Group, and I started there in '95. And gaming was a great category. You know, mm-hmm. I was just kind of starting. I'm not just starting out, but like I do remember. They say uh, Sega was talking to us and this is where the prop conversation is going to come in and and heat up Um, but they were talking to us we were pitching them and at the time you know broadcast would turn around in like three weeks so you'd shoot a show and it would like turn around really quickly yeah the
0: turnaround was a lot quicker
1: and we were pitching them and there was an opportunity I think on Suddenly Susan and then there was like there was another one i can't remember sorry to that other show and but there was an opportunity for gaming and the prop master we'd be working with them and they were like hey do you have a gaming system and so i went to Sega even before we were signed and they sent us a couple units we shot them they were huge placements 3 weeks later and happens to be like the CMO was watching that show so it really helped us and by the next morning from the show airing we like had a contract but that speaks a lot to prop masters when you guys and Chuck, you've done this a lot for Xbox over the years, as well as Microsoft, which, which we'll go into. But yeah, I mean, tell us about when you're reading a script and it, you're t- looking at a character. Like, what's the process? It, the gaming actually really is a great cue too to a character.
4: No,
3: true. You know, yeah. A lot of times uh, they don't even. It might not even be in the script, but if if it's a teen character, it's a no brainer that they would have a system. I mean, who doesn't have right. something? And having to. Now, young men, but through through the years, you know, growing up, my, my two boys, um, I could fall back on on them as to what they thought was cool or, or this, that, mm-hmm. or the other thing. Um, Xbox was always so giving and like ready to jump in and, and do anything that would pop up. So, um, and, and you was just a phone call and I'd say, hey, we've got this this set, you know, I'd, I'd love to put a game system in. You go, great, come pick it up. Right. And, um, and it, a lot of times it wasn't in the script, but then... Once it's on the set and and it gets handled and people start getting into it and sometimes we get some really good little home runs out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, the truth
2: we... is, though Ben trained us on that. We mm-hmm. would have never ever approached. I mean, not not that we would have gotten there, but you guys from day one were like, you have to be the easiest partner to work with. Like, yeah. that's how you win. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. yeah, and I think because there's a with game systems, it's tough. I mean, I think with any. Anything that you're showing on a screen where you're actually featuring a actual real product, it's super tough because most of the things you have with with a lot of companies is you have to be true to it. That's why you can't use Google a lot of the mm-hmm. times on the thing. So whenever you see like a search engine pop up, it almost has to be fake mm-hmm. or it has to be a knockoff because like the Google has a thing that if you put in the search engine, like the results need to be accurate. accurate. They can't be stuff that's not going to be there or fake exactly. because it's not true to their exactly. item. So you just can't. So it's just easier to be like, oh, okay, well we ain't, we ain't using Google then, and that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like with gaming systems, it, it, I feel like like I, I don't it, like you have to be easy to work with because it's like okay, we're gonna have them. They have to play a fighting game, and it's like if it's either gonna be a fake game that don't have, you have to be okay with that, mm-hmm. or it's got to be a real game that we can manipulate a little bit for the story
1: yeah <laughs> True. well and that's that's what we early on you talked about being a seamless partner we you guys at microsoft you agreed to have cleared footage and that's make that makes a that's huge huge, huge difference was, oh yeah that
3: was always huge when i could show a director like okay we can show this this or this and they'd go really we're allowed to and i go if you want without it. a fee yeah, exactly. I, I will say it wasn't yeah.
2: until 2009 though, because we were clearing things with voice actors and things That's that true. we the, thought the we voice, had all of the rights sometimes for. Sometimes the sound was bad. Oh. Yeah, so we I didn't necessarily. That. And, and it, some somebody sent us a note <laughs> letting us know that we couldn't. I mean, it was not. It was completely yeah. on our side. I think we just assumed we owned more than we did. Uh, so we definitely had a reckoning at one point. Where now any content that we provide doesn't have any VO. It doesn't have any music. Uh, any of which
0: you case. really? I mean, I don't think you need for ninety percent of
3: what you're going to sure, so sure. and you because, can just
2: put a generic music bag right? over it yeah. well, times
3: totally. out of 10 you want to hear the actors right. interacting while they're playing the game anyway so it's fine to not have a
2: what do you mean the
1: voices were bad when you said that I don't remember no no oh
3: All of a sudden we oh, it's bad
1: to do that you know, yeah we got a note yeah, like yeah. oh wait we can't you can't have that person. We got, voice a note, so a sign. got a note, so you got a note.
3: Yeah, and it's like, oh, like ABC was like really strict about it. Yeah.
1: Did you have to pay royal? Did you have to pay on I think, those? I think when you there got was busted?
2: there was a point of, and it was never done out of malice or we weren't yeah, doing sure, it intentionally. Course. I think we just didn't know what we didn't know at that point. It was just a new thing to have to clear all those different elements. Uh, so we got, we you know, we grew up in this in this business very much with yeah. the Ben team teaching yeah. us some well, of these things.
1: And I, yeah, now, I mean, those were also learnings from before. I think the gaming categories always. Yeah, it's really critical to a storyline, and we learned we learned a lot with that. I'm trying yes. to, one time even with the gameplay, you talk about being seamless. We did this with Big Bang, and it was when Connect launched, yeah, and we had um, Star Wars game, mm. and we had our editors. It was funny because, and we had to, i mention Bri, Brianna Shepard, and Lo Weiss, and we would dance to, we had to, for Connect, we actually, they wanted certain footage with Stormtroopers, right, yeah. but we had to get to a certain level, and the Lucas people wouldn't give it. us the key yep. to get through that, so they'd play through it, and we would upload and send it to the writer's room over at uh, Warner <laughs> Brothers, and then they give notes like, well, I don't know. We really don't want the Chewbacca, I mean, uh, the Ewoks and we want the Stormtroopers but you know what? We want them doing like, you know, this move, like the Running Man. I'm kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> but like they did, th- they were sweating their butts off like full Playing cardio for like two hours and it's the best story I think behind the They're the, the unsung scenes. heroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at the end product, it was such a great moment for like the characters in the apartment. It made sense for you. It was such a great integration. And it's, a,
2: and it's an iconic moment. People yeah. still talk about like there's certain product placements that anyone who's been at the company long enough they will still reference when they hear about the product placement business. Yeah. And people only know about the shows they watch. So to your point earlier, it's funny to know who's watching what, because they will not know anything about happening with product placement. And suddenly it'll be on their show. And suddenly we're doing the best job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I used to, I used to from that moment with suddenly Susan, I used to, uh, To ask, like, what is it the president watches? What is it that the CMO watches? Like, what were those shows? And then I'd go after those shows.
4: Nice.
1: As well as my... My boss Norm Marshall from that, he because he if he saw it he'd see like I'm doing my job but he loved two and a half men and he'd always call it like you know the guys with the kid you know and every time <laughs> he just men. like coming in, like the two dudes two with men and a the small teenager man. like he would come in and change it all the time and I was like well if I'm doing my job on that is all that matters that that mm-hmm. Norm that Norm would see it what
2: you see is your reality
1: yeah so we so we we would find that out uh, another awesome I mean another iconic connect moment. Chuck was, was it the first paranormal activity?
3: No, I think it was paranormal activity four. Okay. <laughs> and so I'd, I'd gotten, deep I cut. was in between, <laughs> yeah, I was in between propping jobs. So my good friend Scott Duran was the lead man on that low budget film and said, Hey, do you want to come over and, and help uh, do some set dressing and blah, blah, blah. I said, Sure. So I got over there and um, we were redoing an entire house that they rented from this poor couple
2: mm-hmm. that
3: didn't know that they were going to get.
2: Paranormal activity.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, we, they, they drilled holes in ceilings and mounted cameras and Ooh. all kinds oh, of just crazy really? stuff. Yeah, it was insane. And I, I pulled them aside and said, just make sure that when you, when this is done, if you want any of this furniture that's all been purchased, you make that part of your deal because oh. <laughs> I don't think you signed, knew what you're signing up for. But no. anyway, um, I called Crescent and said, hey, you know, my buddy's doing this low-budget horror movie. I said, um, I don't know if you'd be interested, but they've got two teenagers. I'd love to put a system in the living room and one in her little... Clubhouse that she has in her bedroom and stuff and of course she said sure come on over and so I went grabbed a couple units came over started setting up and as I was setting up in the living room on the mantel the little connect part uh, the writer and the producer were sitting there and they said what is that and I said oh well this is this new thing that Xbox has come out with it's connects, and it kind of views the whole room and then you can interact with it and do it's hands free yeah these sports ones and all kinds of different games and stuff and they said so so that's an eye and sees everything. And I said, yeah, and they said, and they start whispering to each other. And I said, so so technically like the ghosts could be s- using that and seeing it, right? And I said, uh, and I started sweating because I'm thinking, this isn't, <laughs> what I, this, this, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. But Can I'm the like, ghosts play? I suppose they could. And um, they rewrote the script to uh, incorporate that. And um, I was in a, my pit of my stomach ready to throw up to call caress and say hey so your thing's gonna really be in this movie now <laughs> and um she checked with xbox people i don't know who we checked with and yeah, it was, <laughs> you know and it they was said it sounds good to us and, and it was a
2: you single-handedly uh, taught people what depth mapping was as part of the connect camera i mean i think everyone knew that that yeah. was a function as you were setting it up but like that really solidified how the so technology
3: worked it, it worked out well and, and as a matter of fact the next week i got invited to a lincoln park concert at the little uh uh ben Labs thing down in.
2: Uh, we had a Lincoln Park. Yeah, was- you had a Lincoln Park concert. Man, we did a lot with Lincoln Park at that time.
3: Yeah, when you oh. so, yeah, we, was, there when were, you were only did. there were only forty people there, and I got invited. I mean, there's school. a thing. <laughs> there's so
1: much that we forget over the years that that happens, but it was significant to you. I was that telling was cool. the story, the WWE stories too, earlier today, not to digress up, But you, yeah, we, when you we go to like, digressing. yeah, you'd like third row and you got like the rock sweat from his giant thighs on you, you know. <laughs> so. yeah, I've never that, experienced that. <laughs> but like, I think a lot of brands, your point about going out and supporting, like it was a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I lose my voice. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a pop culture, like you know, franchise. And so you had a lot of fanboys, fan girls who watched it.
2: And it was dead on to the audience. So people who were more technophiles, like they Mm -hmm. wanted to see that back. I mean, like it was a perfect fit for the type of people that were, the audience that was watching that.
1: But I think it's that thinking and not being so dead on Mm -hmm. with like an overthinking guidelines or this and that, because the audience really was brought, into your brand versus taken out of the experience Mm -hmm. you know and I think that a compliment to Microsoft and Xbox is that you you do look at the bigger picture because I will say and Mike and Chuck you know this from trying to when working with other brands like you just talked about Google there's so much like literal like it has to be this it has to be you know, and we about the product before we the No, no, yeah, no,
2: everybody has rules. Sure.
0: Like, you can't yeah. smear a product. Like, yeah. Here. You, you can't kill no someone what? with a product. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Like, no, I'm like, going to take you know. an Xbox and start bashing over the head with it. <laughs> I mean, or like, just, I think it's just like, it's like, obviously, I think if you've been a prop master long enough, you're, I guarantee you, you don't get approached as much with them. It's like, okay, can we use this product to destroy and people talking about how shitty it is? It's like, yeah. Obviously no. <laughs> but
2: we did learn though that there's a loophole that if someone buys it themselves and they use it as intended, they don't always need to ask permission. Because there's been a couple that's times true. where we've been a little burned, <laughs> uh, where people use our product. Uh, thinking well, of that... a recent scene with the Ku Klux Klan using our device. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. that's wow. fair. Yeah, that's that's
0: that's that's. I think that's been more of a streaming rule. That it's been more of the use as intended thing. Because I, I st- like uh, the clearance. Companies with the like Netflix and Hulu mm-hmm. has been way more lenient about everything. Mm-hmm. There's just like like bags of Doritos and stuff. Like they're like, well, if they're reading a bag of Doritos. Yeah, yeah, I don't care to clear that. It doesn't matter. They're doing it, and you know, and what nobody I mean? they know I represent Doritos, do. and you
1: did come to me. I think you told me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I, that's. Uh, yeah, you have a good point, Mikey. Though, yeah, with the the HBOs. You know, HBO has gotten where they are because they're so story centric, mm-hmm. right? And there's a value and that's what their end product is. And when Netflix launched, we definitely saw they were following that blueprint because they were bringing in the best of the best behind the camera, you know, in front of the camera, the crew, you, you know, there's always like this best of the best in, in crew and that's stuff we've had to watch out for our clients though, because there is a rule that, from the clearance people and I think it's a legal thing that if you do talk to the brand or you do talk to their agency, now they're aware of it. Right. So like, you know, so I think have I know having representation matters, you know, so because there was like the Peloton story with and just like mm-hmm, that. Sure. And mm-hmm. there's been plenty. And I actually have had some shows. I You talked about someone getting beaten by an Xbox. I did have something on a, on a Showtime show like two years ago where they wanted someone to like yank out in anger their Xbox, anger at the, the kids in the scene. And then chuck it down this hall. All and right. And I was like, No, we can see the Jen's eyes are big. You don't even know about this. Yeah. I wouldn't have brought it to you. I was like, No. Nah. No, we can't do that. I, I can you see know, it like,
0: written in like a, a parent's. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. fine,
1: you don't want to listen to me? Well, no more Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. then throwing it would be like a CPS situation right. at that point. You're like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, <You> know? <laughs> Thanks for not looping
2: me in on that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think there have been plenty, you know, and I think we've learned along the way. But again, we have some clients that really miss great m- moments and great shows. And then after the fact, they're like, oh, we maybe should have done that or why didn't we participate it gives me heartburn
2: every time i yeah. have to pass like i do um, like i try and be as uh, as open-minded as possible and not be a stickler about the rules because like if it really makes sense and i you know it's a, it's mm-hmm. a great scene uh, you know I, I will always ask the question and try and get people to bend the rules uh, so yes i get i get real heartburn when we have to say no about something good
1: has it gotten stricter At Microsoft?
2: No. I mean, I would say after the Peloton thing, there was definitely a moment where we were really buttoning up our contracts a little bit more. Mm. Uh, That made a pretty profound effect uh, because we started thinking about what could happen to us.
1: Well, it was over the whole, it was across the whole brand business. And they were actually calling it. Did you make this, the Peloton effect? I don't think, I I don't think that I coined Mm. that one. Someone, you know, brought it up about, you know, brands and even just being nervous to even do anything and, and
2: entertain. It them. definitely made me take notice. Uh, I I'd never thought of something like that happening because our, our contracts are pretty ironclad and we have a lot of things built in so that we don't have to worry about it. But uh, like I said, with, with kind of the loophole of it, you know, if they bought it, they can use it how they want mm-hmm. to and seeing the Peloton thing. Um, I'm much more uh, conservative uh, because I don't want to be the one who gets caught losing, you know, billions of dollars for my company. Sure.
1: Yeah, and I think um, you have so many ambassadors and partners over the last 20 years in your commitment, Yeah, g- going to Lincoln Park concerts, Yeah, you know, so I, I they do... They were huge Halo fans, going back to Halo. <laughs> that's why we started working with them so much. What what, what,
0: what was the Peloton thing?
1: Oh, um, so in... I don't and, think I know the story. <laughs> so in the HBO You're show... You're not a woman, that's why. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, because... She'll explain. It was the Sex and the City sequel, so it oh, was, fair. yeah, so on HBO Max, or now Max, and... Um, So, it's Sarah Jessica's husband, Mr. Big. Yes, Mr. Big, Chris Noth. He, I mean, he uses the Peloton, and it's this very, like, climactic scene and moment, like, it was a big moment in the story point for the whole arc. And he, like, has a heart attack on his Peloton. Oh, and
3: so they're attributing to the Peloton, to the Peloton. So it was like that was and
1: huge.
2: And there was an immediate effect on that. Yeah, immediate like, like Oh, really? Like so next they did
3: lose sales because? Oh, 100 oh, oh, really? percent. Like, are they like in bankruptcy or something
2: now? It's shaky. I had a good friend who was working I, there. I heard they were in close to bankruptcy or something. And they I laid off didn't. everyone in marketing. So, oh, well, I yeah. think that's a lot and due to like expansion
1: during COVID. So sure. people couldn't go to the gym. So they were buying Peloton. But so like that happens and the next day. I think they created custom content with Chris Knopf something yes. like that like a commercial with that, ryan reynolds r- to try and turn it he's around like alive or yeah. something like that <laughs> but you I know mean, it was like an immediate me calling the mm-hmm. prop master saying okay what happens this and that and actually talking about representation in that show there was a moment because um, we were close to the prop master for years and years but there was a moment with one of our spirits clients that was scripted in with one of the characters who is an alcoholic and that was part of the storyline is that this character was an alcoholic and and there she was making it was, I mean, it was like an off brand that you're like very niche brand. And you're like, you're kidding me. They're scripting this. It wasn't yeah. one of the mainstream ones, but he entered, like he stopped, he used a nondescript yeah. bottle, like called me and said, I just want you to know because, they need to let us know for the legal issues mm-hmm. and i was super appreciative because that's a category as you talk about guidelines like alcohol so yeah. you yeah. know so you know having that relationship and you guys keeping because not just with us it's with our brands like you want to work and continue to work with because jen with these brands for a long time because i know jen I think we have a blacklist of some folks. Who we just, do, but I, I will
2: say in uh, I've been at Microsoft almost 18 years and you've been repping the brand since 2001 on the Xbox side at least and now rest of company. Uh, I can only think of one incident where, and, and it was the one I was just talking mm-hmm. about with the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> using our devices. Oh, right. So the, the protection that you guys have provided in terms of, Working mm-hmm. your magic behind the scenes and making yeah. sure that you don't put us in a bad spot, like it, that definitely has not gone unnoticed. Which is why you are probably the longest <laughs> partner that we've had uh, in Microsoft. <clears throat> yeah, Chuck's eyes are open. Well, I,
3: I think it's all about relationships with mm-hmm. with you or a company. Um, because here's the bottom line: I can go buy all this crap if I need mm-hmm. to, especially on a big movie. I don't, your I don't Xbox need... not
1: crap though. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. stuck. Stuff. I, I like. In
3: other words, I don't need to come and get the stuff and then have the headache of getting pictures and giving it to you and stuff and everything. But because I have a personal relationship with you and, and when I'm, God, when I do TV, it's a game for me to, to get stuff in mm-hmm. because they're so strict about stuff. Um, so I I have a, a, just a great time and I do it because uh, of our relationship and my relationship with your company um, and the different products that we've used over the years. I mean, it's just, it's just great.
2: If she was know. a nameless, faceless person that was going to switch out every six months, you would probably not bother with... <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, it's easy to you know, not of care about what someone thinks. Well, here's the bottom line. If,
3: like I was telling you, um, if it's not even a scripted thing and I'm going to have some kids playing a game, I, you know, I could go buy those controllers that are $10 at mm-hmm.
2: big lots or mm-hmm. something that
3: look like nothing, but <laughs> right. it's a game controller, so yeah. hey, it,
2: it... It's a good facsimile. Everyone will know yeah. what they're doing.
3: They, they know they're playing a game, but that, that's... I, I would rather help... You know, someone yeah. that I care about and that have helped me through the years and always provided me with backup and stuff. And
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, Jen's eyes—you just got big eyes on uh, the TV—is more difficult. But you're referencing broadcast, and actually, I yeah. think on broadcast FX TV, FX on uh, American Horror Stories. I think did you have some pretty tight clearance or product placement issues? That, issues or, or, or rules, or what, what was? It? Nothing wasn't clear i think it's just broadcast it's more broadcast because yeah Yeah, or or
0: apple apple seems to have pretty tight clearance issues too like i know i I know prop masters on um apple tv shows where they have to like clear the dinner plates to make sure like yeah yeah. you know like it goes down like they uh was it parker swanson uh he's done a couple shows back to back he had to hire somebody strictly for the props department only job was clearance essentially. That's a lot of work. And just because you have it's, to sue. Uh,
2: I don't I don't uh, know
0: what it is. I, don't know
1: I think that's an example. Apple? I think it's an example when a tech company runs an entertainment division. So yeah. I will say I that we do like so, the rules. Oh the tech companies. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: I could see that not being entertain entertainment minded in the same way.
0: That w- that would stop me from taking a show almost, yeah. I think, in that like, I'm saying, like if they're like if you're if you're I don't want that much of my energy to go into making sure we're allowed to use something where it's taking me out of the creative process of being able to prop master the show. Yeah. So it's like, well, I have to worry so much about this dinner plate, which doesn't matter to me whatsoever. And so nobody else will yeah. ever take yeah, it exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um well it's taking I mean that's not recognizing that each jurisdiction is hired for their expertise so you have a set department that is hired specifically to create that moment and and picture cars and wardrobe and for props it's so critical to tell that story you yeah. know and it's your job to interpret that script through props and that lens of it and the moments you're talking about Chuck about it's the stuff that's not scripted that tells more about the character you know that, that we're talking right. about you know and i mean
0: i i think i like i like the stuff like netflix and hulu to where they're a little bit loose i mean they're they're tight about certain things there's like it was like for example we did a um we did um a doll 1960s doll factory um where they go through the process and they're making dolls and then and then there's like a, there it was two years ago right now is, oh yeah the tony dolls like there was a real 1940s through the 60s doll that we were kind of matching called the tony dolls and they're real creepy looking it's when the eyes like yeah, the start eyes. first started they have oh, the weights open. in them to where they oh, open and yeah. close it's like where that was like kind of fresh and coming out and doing stuff so we're using them as a lot as an example and i was like well how close can we use these dolls Was like well you can't use it i was like okay can i alter these dolls to use these dolls and they're like well, it's very I was like, I'm gonna keep talking you through this until we <laughs> land on something because we don't have them in our budget to re like Manufacture. Do, yeah. <laughs> manufacture thousands of dolls for this full the whole episode's a doll factory. We're in Good this Lord. doll factory. I assume the
2: company is no longer that made them or, No,
0: no, uh, yeah. So that helped a little bit yeah, that sure. helped a little bit too and it was just like, Okay, well if we if there's a different like we'll put a new dress on them, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll put some paint on the cheeks, so where we can send them through pain. And it's like, how about now? But we were also manipulating them, and like they're melting. And then this guy is recreating these dolls into humans to be able to murder if they aren't making the cut for his kid. So it's oh, like wow. there's a vicious thing that goes into it, which I get, but enough work around we were able to get the okay for it to be able to use the dolls because i mean they're fantastic and it's like it's not broken. you can't easily
2: replace it with something similar no
0: (laughs) well
1: that's kind of an example why we started doing the gameplay so back and back you know a long time ago because a lot of shows were were worried about the clearance issues, so they'd make up like make-believe games with like their graphics team, but they, and they did horrible. not, and they're horrible. They did not reflect the actual technology on exactly. Xbox, so and we so, couldn't let people yeah, make those games. It was it would be ridiculous, ridiculous. Thinking it was an Xbox know, game, right. correct? Tall, right, blocky looking. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> and like stop motion, almost. It yeah. was just so bad, and so so that's also I think I know that was one of the reasons why we started doing the gameplay. Yeah, and, and doing that um when i was one of my favorite moments that was not scripted that helped tell a story in entourage was when we launched connect it wasn't even out yet and because the fun of launching technology especially gaming is that it launches in holiday but the product is not available six months before when the shows are shooting for yes. holiday and so we had been working with entourage and their they always wanted to, you guys always want to show something new and fresh, sure. right? Which I th- I always thought that entertainment people were like so cool. And then I realized, no, they're in a room writing all the time. They're like, this is before the interwebs, before you could like look everything up. So they, they did look to brands to be like, what's cool and what's next? And on that show, the prop master was reading and about Turtle had lost a lot of weight in his real life. So the character, I forgot
2: his name now. I can't for, remember you know, either. But sorry, all, those are, sorry those are canon for Microsoft placements. Like people talk about them still to this day. Yeah. And so like that mm-hmm. moment,
1: he had lost a lot of weight, but, and the, I think they were trying to address like that within the story. Cause it was like in the off season, he right. loses before Ozempic, like 50 pounds. <laughs> and so we, E3 was going on and, um, the prop master at the time we had been pitching for this for particular for entourage to showcase connect. And, um, yeah, and E3 was going on. He brought it up. The producers loved it. The director loved it. The problem was is we didn't have the actual units. So so you guys, literally it was like a – a, you know a, it was like a handcuffed but it was to a backpack <laughs> a yeah, yeah it wasn't a briefcase it was an xbox backpack yeah. <laughs> but we actually there were two units that were at e3 The you know they were breaking it down that particular day i for one of your colleagues came over down the ten in traffic you know afterwards and shot the scene off camera where they were able to run the footage and had the fake unit there wow. but it helped tell the story that he was like doing track and field or yeah. running and because he was such like a stoner gamer the whole that was Part of his character, like that was how he got his cardio in. Was like, you know, gaming That's and this right. and that. And that shot that like in a couple hours, and then they took went back to LEX and took that unit
2: that connects. Who was that? Do you remember? It's the Prop Master? No, no, no. Who from Microsoft or who from Xbox? Was it Russ?
1: No, no. It was one of the brand manager team. Not a brand manager, but it was
2: Oh, whoever the console manager would have been, I
1: think. It time. was not Hugo who knows trucks Yeah, yeah. Hugo was the product manager that, uh, as we talk about like relationships and growing up, it, Chuck's, yeah. that's how you guys also are so close, yep. I think, is you would events. host events that the kids in, like whole families, prop people, so people can come. It was very family focused and they could game all day. And yes, you're now 20 something year old. 21 year old. Who's, and... who's pre law would game.
3: He, like, I mean, he would. He, man, I how did that happen? He's five or six and he went to. You guys snuck him in the E3s all the time and yep. stuff. And mm. and he just, and Hugh was always so j- generous and gracious with his time and showed him how to play and stuff. And he's a phenomenal gamer. <laughs>
2: I Damn. love it. it That's was, a great story. Yeah. Yeah. He goes at Meta, Meta now. What was that? Hugo is at Meta now. Oh, okay.
1: Oh. But he thinks of those times fondly. Oh,
2: know. man. Yes. But, um, how do
0: I get on this E3 invite Well, list, E3 huh? is no, <laughs>
2: <we are laughs> no longer. <Yeah>. Oh, man. <laughs> those were the times. Yeah, yeah those 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 But we still times. do a showcase every year where we have everybody come mm-hmm. down and check yeah. everything out. So. Oh, cool. Here? You know uh, what? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do a makeshift uh, E3 that is just targeted towards
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, trial is really important so you understand how to incorporate it in, mm-hmm. in, your, in, your, in your story, especially when when you launched surface. So, mm-hmm. because, you know, especially when we came out you came out with, it was just the tablet. Just mm-hmm. a, that was, that was the surface. And just like in the Xbox days, when we launched, all of a sudden we were up against Apple mm-hmm. and Samsung and yeah. Dell and trying to explain what surface was, you know, and try to dig into that market You know, it was it was one of my most fun like programs and campaigns. Is I think product launches are really fun and new
2: technology is tough. And unless we have people actually doing some demonstrations, nobody wants to do something they're not comfortable with or aren't familiar with. And uh, you know, it it continues on today with everything that we're launching. But yeah, I think walking people through and having the people who are actually working on the product day to day answering those you know really you know minutia questions about how this could actually work uh, that has definitely helped.
1: And that's why you used entertainment, you know, to feel you could just hit the masses and be like, you know, reinforced like this is a great product. This is a cool product. I, again, I mean, I've been doing this for years and I'm still guilty when I watch a show <laughs> like I'm like, oh, look at that. And then I'll start Googling it and going down this <laughs> and then I forget. That I can just text the prop master and ask him what that was. <laughs> like this is I have done that so many times. So it's so lame that I can just like text and go, What was that? What were those I what were those glasses that Sarah Jessica was wearing instead of me googling them? I don't know what if I think. If they thinking.
2: still remember those details, I mean they do.
1: You guys remember all your, your oh, details, yeah. right? And you have all all oh, your yeah.
2: files and
4: yeah
0: i mean i just, that's that's the best part about being i mean i think with the prop masters guild in general is being friends with all the prop masters all your favorite shows like mm-hmm. I, I just had i just had lunch with josh roth yesterday i'm a huge huge star wars fan so he's done nice. all the star wars shows almost and i had lunch with him and talking about it I was like oh like his ahsoka just came out i was like it's just um it's 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 one of the most classic droid care the oldest droid character out of like the entire universe and and i was like it looks fantastic it looks so practical and it's such a tiny like the joy i was like how practical is he? he's like it was all practical it's like this is the information that i love having <laughs> these friends for yeah. it's like
3: this stuff you can kind of cheese you guys about. know
1: all the magic well uh yeah. chuck's son was which one was he on uh we were, the same since, on the same?
3: since the mandalorian season two he's been one of josh's guys my, oh my really there. yeah so as a matter of fact he was out with josh last night at some art opening so, oh, really? Yeah, they hang out a lot. So,
1: I mean, talk about second generation, you know, like I, I always ask, like, what's your origin story with prop masters? Because mm-hmm. up until the second generation young men, know, I'm not calling them kids, even though I've known them, our kids have grown up together, That's right? Great. It's true. <laughs> but um, there's no like direct line. I don't know too many prop people who are like, I wanted to go straight into props <laughs> when they were like 13. There's always some sort of story that, that gets there. So, I do think it's, it's cool to start seeing these like second generation, you know, who yeah, came there's up. A, there's a lot now. There's, there's a, a few. Lot, there's yeah. a lot of
3: guys that their kids are in. I pushed him in such a different direction to mm-hmm. not do this because mm-hmm. like what we're going through right now with the strike, you mm-hmm. know, you never know what's going what's gonna to be. Um, but he uh, just said, no, I think I really want to do it. And uh, so he kind of did it on his own, to be honest with you. I didn't get him into ISS or any of those those mm-hmm. other ways. He went to that school down in culver city the college classes and and, um, west l.a college no yeah uh, west (laughs) l.a college i believe and um he chose to do props and set dressing 44 and um and then when you go through the program through that program then you go out and work as an intern on shows and um so he started working on interns on different shows and stuff and uh just met a lot of people and ended up once he joined the union he got uh his feet wet with our good friend Phil over on Superstore, mm-hmm. and uh, nice. he was there for two seasons. And then from there, he fell in with Josh and has been there ever since.
1: Well, and he had a great example. I mean, it takes such a hard work ethic to work in production. I mean, Sure. I, and he had an example of you, of his mom, who's yeah. also a prop we, master he, and a food star. You guys don't stop. The McSorleys, I will tell the audience. Like, you guys... Literally, it's like 20 hour work days. And I admire you guys are such hard workers. But he really came up with that example. And I th- yeah, that's what he grew, what he takes grew up to on order. sets. Yeah. I
3: mean, literally, since he was probably four years old, yeah. he was on sets. And then he was, he's also he in SAG. Yeah. So he, he, he does that every now and then. And um, he's just, uh, he's living his best life right now, working on it's working on the Star Wars stuff. He is like in heaven because mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. And, I, and, and what's really cool is that he actually, Brought me, talked to Josh and bring me in a, a couple different times to work on Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, as a day player and stuff when I was in between, and uh, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome.
1: but you're not new to like those cool. You did Star Trek, right? No, but you worked on it. Day played. I thought I saw Star
0: Trek. I'm, on I'm seeing you, I'm prop so... Mastered Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was
3: a, that was a great experience. Um, Judd is a, 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 a kind of a genius, and mm-hmm. from we did Freaks and Geeks, which got canceled, unfortunately it got she canceled shown. super
0: early but mm-hmm. la- launched the career so of so many the entire yeah. cast and, essentially well, and from
3: that to, like a year and a half later we ended up doing undeclared which was with half the same cast mm-hmm. with half the Again. same cast yeah yeah and yeah. um and just you know all his writers are all huge writers now and and all those actors are all the actors, actors are huge actors writers and now and, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean uh, I yeah, mean, directors and writers. directors writers I was
0: like yeah with the 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 one that played the little curly hair kid he just
3: directed uh Dungeons yeah. and Dragons and I got to work on Dungeons and Dragons you get to work on Dungeons and Dragons research, and when John yeah. Daly came in it was like you John know Daly. it was old home week because all of a sudden it's like oh my god and so you know they shot that in England, uh, Ireland excuse me and uh, then we did all the reshoots here and um we had to change a couple scenes I guess because they had to replace the character. Um, so that was did John
1: Favreau was he working at all on Undeclared? I can't he d- remember. He directed. So that was the one that was at Sunset Gower, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I do you, you can, did you can, yeah, I you came, came by. with Xbox and I remember coming by and, yeah. and uh he was on the he was there and we were talking about Xbox. We were also talking about Eating um, cookie dough and how wrong it was for me because his wife. There was a scene with cookie dough that, was, uh, that, that had was to be edible, scene. and I was like, "Oh, I love cookie dough." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, my wife is a doctor, and he goes into like the salmonella risks." Oh, yeah. I think, oh my of god! My, like this is the whole thing. But he wasn't. This is before Iron Man, and yeah, I don't know what exactly. I knew him from. Probably from acting, and I was well, like, he'd, be, uh, "He'd been obviously in like swingers." swingers yeah, that's yeah, what I I was. was I say, think that's yeah. what it was, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's him!" And so. I learned. I still eat cookie dough, by the way. <laughs> John Favreau. I still eat. Raw I'm not scared. Dough. I'm not afraid. I'm a risk taker. <laughs> but yeah, I do remember. Like it's so interesting to watch. Like the early days of big, huge, you know, like directors. Yeah, it's, it's, and see, it's it, cool. I mean, he, he
3: was very. He was a super nice guy back then. Uh, fun, fun to work with. And then when that got canceled at 17 episodes, just like Freaks and Geeks, which was weird. Um, we then went and did a, a pilot with him and. uh, it was fun but it didn't get picked up but um, you
1: still talk to with you still friends with them talk with him now and then you know what he Meli- comes to the McSorley house Melissa Melissa
3: knows him much okay. better from doing chef, chef. and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff with Roy Choi so
1: yeah but and Jen you've done did you pioneered the Marvel relationship right Marvel's had a long yep. relationship with Microsoft
2: uh, yeah I would say uh, even early days we were we were working on uh, partnerships it was kind of where we started and then it evolved into a first of its kind Um we do have uh, a, a paid partnership for mm-hmm. uh, a multi-year paid partnership for product placement in all of their films. So, yeah. um, I would say that has definitely paid in dividends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it remains to see be seen how how things will move forward. But uh, I would say it's been our most lucrative long-term mm-hmm. relationship for sure.
1: I don't know Chuck, you've done, been you've been doing some Marvel 14 stuff.
3: Fourteen of the last 16, 18. Marvel shows reshoots and additional photography here. I in love Los how you said you
1: just done some, stuff. Yeah, some, and like, stuff, yeah. some stuff and you're like some Marvel stuff. You're like 18. <laughs> well, thanks so Ca- it's, all of it. It's
3: been
0: three and a half years. Thanks,
1: Caressa. What a good friend you are. <laughs> yeah. How much? Um,
0: most of that well, stuff, most of that stuff shot over in Georgia primarily. They, they or? Shoot in
3: Georgia or in Europe. We've got a lot, we've done a lot that comes back from Europe, which is, it seems interesting to me that they would, I mean, they literally send sets that like for. Oh, I can't think of the name of the movie because it was it was the one bad one that they did. Um,
0: the one bad one that they yeah <laughs> zeroed out of your memory. <laughs> all the characters
3: in there, the one of the oh, Avengers the, movies, no, the no. Inc- not the Incredibles. The uh, what the hell is it called? Don't even? look at me. The I'm not novels? the
1: big fan girl. Sorry. No.
3: Anyway, is it? Wow. It's, it was one that you did. Yeah, recently. Here, well, like this in, is like Eternals. Eternals? Oh, Eternals. It was the Eternals. Yeah.
1: Eternals. not internal. Yeah, the Eternals, Eternals. was.
3: Um, I mean, they sent over sets from the Eternals that. I can't even fathom how much it costs. The, mm-hmm. the boxes were gigantic to build this set that we shot in for two hours.
0: That perhaps. they would just like re-piece back together yes. in a stage yeah, pretty inter-
3: much? Yeah, the interior of the spaceship, which was one of those little ergo spaceships where everything's alive and yeah. it looks like rock and stuff. It's kind of bad. But um, <laughs> it's a shame because there was a lot of big stars and, mm-hmm. and we had to we got to do a lot of really neat stuff. I, had, I got to have a sword made for the Black Knight because um, we introduced him in the um mm-hmm. credit scenes right because so he, he's gonna get his own movie and stuff so uh and tony over at uh, sword and stone built us the greatest sword in 48 hours it was insane wow. yeah, yeah. it was insane
0: how involved is most of these because since those are primarily shot out of town how involved is usually the la unit is it usually like stuff that they need to pick up after the movie's essentially over and they realize oh we need to get a couple pieces here and there yeah, or yeah,
3: yeah we we do like a lot of inserts um and then additional priority comes down to both most, most of those scenes that are the uh that play during the credits yeah they haven't figured out how they're going to tie into the next movie yet right while the film's being done so after they've got some time to digest then they they make those up and and you know we get to do that and stuff but it's but it's been really cool because i get to work you know Sort of with so many great prop masters, um, Russell Bobbitt, uh-huh. oh uh, yeah, Drew Petrata, you know, right. um, Did the last uh, Black Panther and stuff, and we did we did the end credits and some some inserts on that stuff. So it was, it's just it's a lot of fun, and, and like you said, because of the PMG and, and the other um, prop masters thing that Josh started on Facebook, everyone's so much more cohesive now, in, in exchanging oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and exchanging ideas and information. It used to be when I first started, everyone was clammed up, like, "Oh, I'm not going to tell you how to make my make blood or how to make mm-hmm. the fake whiskey and stuff." And <laughs> you know, everyone had their little secrets and stuff. But now everyone's just
2: community focused. Yeah, it's great.
3: Mm-hmm. It's really nice. No, it's we've ha-
2: talked about that
1: a lot. Whether it's here and other forums that we talk about, like there was this closed off, like, "This is my commodity, so I'm yeah. not going to share this, or I'm not going to refer, you know, projects because you're worried that you." yeah that's your commodity you gotta wash out know, and yeah. that's you know that's your job
0: and now it's like the great part about it is i'm starting to realize more it's like moving more to a regional and an international level too which it's like interconnecting more and i'm starting to see the potential of that like thinking of as like oh we get sent out of state a lot for jobs and stuff sure. like that to where it's like i feel like before it goes into if you go into the town where you don't know anybody from that town and even the prop masters they don't want to talk to you because you're coming into their town and your prop mastering job this is even making it even better relationships for them so maybe if we're coming into their town that i mean maybe they're like yeah they're the prop master of the town but we're still gonna be hitting up that prop master to be like mm -hmm. oh if 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 you want to come on and help me or you have a crew that can help me like that's the first person I'm going to call after just this relationship Mm -hmm, is because they're going to give me the best people and they're going to give me the best ideas of where to get certain things so I think like that coercively and having somebody in every corner of the country and outside the country Mm -hmm. it's 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 so important and it's crazy awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't like that. It was like showdown at the right. OK corral. That's what, that's what like I mean. I'll meet you at high noon. You know, if if you try yeah. to take if you try to take my crew or my job and blah blah blah. But it's
2: such a secret society too, right? Like you, yeah. if you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, I think people have this. Um, especially internally on the brand side, people don't know how these things come to be. Like sometimes, and with, you know, people just don't know, they're like, oh yeah, like I saw, like they just used an Xbox and I don't know how that came to be. I'm like, because there's a lot of people who worked on that. (laughs) Like they they didn't just like it and then decided to put it in there because it's your favorite show. So yeah, I think there's still a lot of, you know, magic and, you know, people don't really know a lot about unless Unless you're in uh, more of this world, like people just don't seem to have any idea of how those things come together, which is always surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I mean...
3: A lot of the producers don't know what we do.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so secret that even it hasn't reached there. Well, that's what we talk about, about prop masters. Like, I, I would say, I think my my perspective is that you're the only department that on the day has to be ready for anything. So, like, in and I'm sorry, other departments, if I'm wrong, but it's like wardrobe has their wardrobe. Uh, sets is already done. Picture cards is done, you know. And it, for props, you guys do have to be ready for anything, which is why it's important to have... The product on the truck or on the ready because I think a lot of brands, especially that I work with, are like, what's the scene? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. When is it shooting? And I I mean, I go back to Dyson. We launched Dyson in the States. And Chuck uh, was on Desperate Housewives. And I think one time it was like a 10 o'clock on a Friday and you had texted me like, I'm shooting this right now and you'd already know the guy you knew the guidelines you know what we're supposed to do although dyson would let us vacuum blood as well so like again it was like How doing minded hey them. they're like hey let's be disruptive because no one knows what a dyson is now that sounds crazy <laughs> to anyone because yeah. like they're so, so used to it but when vacuuming. they launch you're like this looks totally weird mm-hmm. and it's but it, it vacuums it, blood yeah it, yeah and, and like you know any they were really disruptive but you knew the product you, yeah. i just I, one of the times i think you told me you were sitting in a table read or in a production meeting, you're like, "What are we going to have them do? What are we going to have this actress do?" And you're like, "We shouldn't be vacuuming." You know, I think you shot like five different product launches of SKUs for Dyson across the course of the wow. time.
3: Yeah, it was pretty great, and it was great. <laughs> I mean,
1: still, Dyson talks about it, and internally, we talk about it. I th- the one with Cherry Hatcher, like, she vacuums off her French maid costume. Yeah, what was that? She, it was well, like she's just, being sexy. No,
3: she started a cleaning. <laughs> Company because she was in some financial distress. Okay, and uh, so Dyson was the one. Was Made it scripted, it. or did you just come oh, up with no. that that it's gonna uh, like? No, I don't think. I don't think I came up with that part. No, that was, <laughs> I'm sure that was somewhere in the script. No, it, again, on like on perfect example on *Desperate Housewives*, you guys would let me keep a couple of different um, Microsoft products, um, mm-hmm. the different pads and, and little computers and whatnot, because they I, Mark Cherry changed the script script every single day Mm -hmm. we would have a call time we would come in and everyone would hang out for half an hour while mark rewrote the script that we got the night before and it always was better Mm -hmm. but sometimes it would be like we're set up completely set up my guys got it all set up oh uh felicity's doing you know bills so we have all the fake bills and all the checkbooks and everything at at the table and all of a sudden she comes in we've rehearsed it with the stand-in she comes in and goes you know i think i would be I want to cook spaghetti, and I want to, I want I want Penny to be building a diorama for school, and go. You have thirty minutes, and so it would just be this big mad scramble. But so it, you know. It man i
1: couldn't do, do a diorama like the night Mm-mm. before it was due because yeah. that was the thing your kids would tell you the oh, yeah. night before and, and they was, had no supplies and i was like i have zero paints. so what are you talking about
2: <laughs> like i'm not doing this diorama." well so being like a prop
0: it? master you definitely do a lot of dioramas <laughs> the night before it's due. True. <laughs> you're still doing them yeah yes.
2: and, and you don't i mean desperate housewives was another one that people do talk about historically and it's I hate that you don't get to see the joy. It's like it's like we're seeing our team win. Like it's a, mm-hmm. I guess that's it's as close as I'll get to a sports analogy. But anytime we see one of our products, especially something that is newer or uh, you know that is going to be hitting big at holiday or, or whatever it is, um, when we have a pop culture moment, like there's high fiving, like people are like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Like oh, it cool. <laughs> it is. There's like euphoria. Like you you humanize something that's so difficult for us to um, you know you you put characters around it and you have a storyline and then suddenly people understand it more like. It, like it is truly like I will get probably a dozen emails, if, especially if there's like a big show. Awesome. Um, and if people don't like something, I'll I'll hear about yes, it. Too. Sure will. <laughs> but it's pretty rare, honestly. It is really rare. But definitely, people will crawl to the woodwork if you play something on a show that they love. Mm-hmm. It it makes such a giant impact internally, and uh, you should know that you are you are de- people don't know you, but you are beloved in the halls of Microsoft. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think just
1: going back to the trust factor that we have in you guys mm-hmm. and having the product when Chris Peck was doing Glass Onion, which didn't, I don't that was not the working title, as I remember. And it was during the beginning of, like, the return from COVID, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. return to production. And I just remember him calling me, and he's done a ton with for Surface and mm-hmm. Xbox over the years, and we have that trust. And he called, and he was like, Caressa, I'm yeah, sorry, Chris, I'm imitating you. But he was like <laughs> I have this like A list film and uh we need to, we, we've got an opportunity. We got laptops. And I'm like, okay, well I think is there a scene or can I have a name? It's A list movie. Mm-hmm. Just trust know, me, you that want you this. need to know. And I was like, Okay. Well I'm not gonna argue and I trust you. And we had that great scene mm-hmm. with one of the actors who was that the was techie huge. file. Yeah. And you know, trust goes a long way. But again, as you talk about having a commitment to the entertainment industry from a brand side or an agency side, mm-hmm. attrition doesn't help that. And it doesn't help the prop master, the set decorator, the creative, because you have a lot of new people who come in to the space and they don't understand the process. So they, it's like they holds it up asking for this, this, and this. And by the time they've got the approvals, that scene's been done for yeah. like two weeks. So I also feel that's also the same sometimes. I mean, hopefully, you guys I don't get in trouble.
2: You, the Ben team has a lot of trust. Like, yeah. even if I haven't seen the script yet. I trust that you guys know what you're doing, and that the people that you're working with know what the rules are broadly. Uh, so we can let a lot of things move forward mm-hmm. without having all of the the boxes ticked ahead of time. Because we do have twenty years of, right. of trust, and you know, you have the relationships, and you know exactly. None of us want to see us in peril. <laughs> no, no, so, yeah. It's like a gut check. I think it's a gut check for you guys too. I mean, yeah, you it's know, good, you good know, good know when something's not going to be great. When mm-hmm. the director's
0: grabbing it. stuff and wants to throw something, in, he's like, "Oh, can we do this?" It's like, "Yes." Yeah, you can, and then you run back to your trailer, and make a phone call real quick. They're gonna do this, just so you know. That, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> That's what I thought.
1: Well, like Chuck, you created a bunch of big moments. I don't know if they were scripted. I, I was telling about. I was thinking back. Space Jam shot so long before it came out. That was a huge yeah. series. Oh yeah. But you had a bunch of different opportunities. Like you know, like a, I forgot if it was a character coming out of a Surface Studio. There were just all these moments that you created. Well, they didn't make the final cut. But like for different devices,
3: as it just turned, you know, the whole film evolved around the internet and the Don Cheadle character was, you know, an AI in the internet and whatnot. So, um, we knew that the the son was a huge gamer, and you know, his dad of course wanted him to be a basketball prodigy also. Right. Um, But so I just looked at what my kids were into, and you know, did the multiple screens that you know and set up a whole thing and and what was really cool is that the production designer was very open to me doing whatever i wanted to come up with and stuff so we got all the coolest xbox controllers we got some those right. custom ones the little mini ones oh yeah the, yeah the colored ones and stuff and i mean we had so many it was insane <laughs> um they were everywhere and then um and that so that was in his bedroom and then when we did the scene where he gets sucked into the internet and he's in don cheadle's Algorithm. world. Then we did we did all that stuff in his area too and stuff and it was just it was just a, it was a lot of fun it, it was that, cool I
1: I do remember coming down and dropping off Xbox and the uh, the extra wasn't it Lowe's
2: personal controller I think it
3: was yes we, oh yeah. yeah one of them was yeah. definitely so yeah. she was very it, proud because it was a cool yeah. color one I liked yeah. it yeah
1: but that I think was tough for continuity uh, when you guys came back I can't remember but you're right it was one of I, our, I had to get it back from yeah her. it was one of our and I used
3: because the boy, my boys were at one of the functions where you guys yeah. got. Everyone got to make their own custom oh, controller. Yes. Okay. So I used theirs too because it's just fun that they're different yeah. you know, than what you can buy off the shelf. And uh, so I had to take theirs back at another time because we did reshoots got six months later and COVID. It, it, and I felt like it took thing. forever,
1: but that was one of the cooler sets. It doesn't get old. I think it, that's the entertainment in Hollywood and the whole process. That's probably why you still do this because it still gets exciting. But that show particularly, it was like I came down after – Everyone kind of left for the day. I feel like it was like 6.37 at night, 7 at night. And it was Warner Brothers, which is so mm-hmm. iconic. And uh, the, the stages were so incredible. And then you walked me over to the big stage. And it was all green screen. And you had that particular day. And this is every single character ever that Warner Brothers has ever done. So I don't know. It was hundreds of people. It was a lot. And they were actually like... You know, Yosemite Sam character. I mean, right? Like, there were all these characters. Iconic below. It was. And you walk in the scene. It was all green screen. And all these characters. And then LeBron was right there. And you, I did, like, brush up against him. <laughs> he is so... I know. It's so not stupid. But, like, he is <laughs> so huge. But it was that moment where we were like, this gonna is... I going to say dreamy. So, is, sure. It's like,
3: this is movie making. I'm like, this
1: is magic. Yeah. You know? Like, this is what movies are about. Because it was... Literally, like, um, it was like when you watch a movie, a movie within a movie. Well, was, it
3: was so fun to do that film, and I got called into the producer's office when there was about four weeks to go, and he said, Chuck, am I going to get some crazy bills? All of a sudden, and I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're so far under budget. Oh, I boy. Got to get this budget up. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I said, well, I said, this will never happen again, but because of all the IPs, which are the intellectual mm-hmm. properties that Warner's owns like all the big ones, the Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and all that stuff, they all ha- had the things that you can buy as a collector, like the mm-hmm. brooms that are $1,200 a piece, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, you could get the shields and the s- swords and the staffs and all that stuff. They all sent it to us for free. Wow. Mm-hmm. So oh, we had yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars come to us for free, whereas normally I'd have to make have those things made.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And these were dead ringers and Right. And stuff. So I said, "Yeah, so no, you're not going to get an- another big bill." But as I'm, as we're chatting, what are we doing about a rap gift?
4: Oh!
3: And he's like, "Oh, now you're worried about a rap gift." And I said, "No, I've got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can buy the rap gifts for the show." And so we had custom basketballs made. Oh, that is sick! So uh, and then they were literally to get them in time. The shipping from China was the same as the cost of the balls themselves. <laughs> I think, which was like fourteen thousand, so we we were in the twenty-eight thousand dollars range to get the first wave of five hundred balls, and then the producer came back and said, "Okay, these were such a huge hit with the executives in the tower. Can we get more?" And I said, Bell, make as many as you want. Yeah, so it's we, your money. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the rest of it ain't coming out of my budget." Yeah. So we kept, yeah. we
3: kept on ordering, and and that was that. So, and unfortunately, the film was not uh, the success that we hoped it would be. I mean, it was still well, fun. It was still it was nostalgic. nostalgic for yeah. yeah.
0: It was still nostalgic for like. I mean, people like me who grew up on the first mm-hmm. Space Jam yeah. right, exactly, and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I if, if they had a little bit... The, where they screwed up is they didn't have the Michael Jordan cameo, mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was the one thing everybody's waiting for, like, oh it's not happening yeah, that, that,
3: that was a that was a fail on their part but we did have yeah. Michael Jordan Michael B. Jordan um, yeah, yeah, that yes, the, yeah, yeah that was a little slip in <laughs> yes um, very yes, close which was clever yeah. <laughs> yes we, uh, but, uh,
1: my first agency we represented Spalding and it was like the best product to work we did the first Space Jam yeah you know and we had so many moments because Spalding Spalding yeah. but then what you created in that scene years before when it finally got closer with with Xbox finally got closer to release Jen, you came in and you lo- you did a promotion, right? Yep, we Space did a, a
2: partnership. Yeah, yeah, with the with the films that came out, and it was that was huge for Xbox. Oh, cool. Those characters are, I mean, they're, they're beloved iconic. and iconic, yeah. especially for you know some of the older gamers that came up, you know, watching the first Space Jam. So I, I would say that was one of the biggest hits on the on the Xbox partnership side.
1: Nice. It's also one of those moments where the props department creates or transportation will creates a moment and then a, a brand will do something really big with it or the studio will really capitalize on it and there's really no share profit sharing. yeah, life.
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you
0: guys should have zeroed in on, on the Wilson product for, for, like, Castaway or something.
4: <laughs> that, that, that had yeah. come
1: out, like, when I was early in my career and we had oh, Spalding. Yeah. So yeah. that was a comparison. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you are like, wow. Like, yeah. Damn. Obviously, yeah. obviously, it made sense. It would be Making weird your brand. A few, you, know, he was like, hey, Spalding. <laughs> Although it's a fancy name, very gentlemanly. It could. So it I
0: could don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. You know, a class I, act name. Right, Totally. <laughs>
2: you know. Wilson's more of a washed away on the island name.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it makes sense. But I mean, that's an example where a brand really really moves the story forward Mm -hmm. and it's really important. Um, You know, because a lot of times I think product placement gets, not so much now, but this rap of like, oh, we're commercializing. It's being really forced. Like Wayne's World made fun of it and that's not what you know, that's not the goal. The goal is to be seamless and not yeah, disruptive just and should take, and uh, yeah, but take if, out of the experience. But, but, but if
0: you had products and you had like a Wayne's World type of bit, you would still go for it, wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> Some brands. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it would That's be I mean. again like would Microsoft?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I we right? definitely
2: have a sense of humor. I mean, you saw—I don't know if you saw oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, but oh, us, totally. uh, letting Zune be such a yeah. giant part and was almost a character in that film. I think, yeah, that that caused me a little bit of heartache at first because <laughs> it, like we don't usually make fun of things that don't go really well. Sure. Right. So I there was a, uh, there was definitely a, a PR uh, tour uh, talking to everybody, making sure everyone understood that like this is actually really positive, and we did a large promotion with uh, with uh, the uh, the International Space Station on the back end as one does uh so yeah i mean i think uh, talking about a a a product that didn't go super well uh but ended up being a giant win for us
0: yeah it being a bit i think and like uh, i think taking it as what it is is like kind of a joke and i don't know being cognizant of Mm -hmm. what (laughs) it's about i think that can go a long way too it's not like you're you're really putting it down and um, I guess situationally <laughs> Yeah, I think in the first
2: film we, it was it was more perceived as a potential put down because it mm-hmm. was like that one wasn't run by us uh, nobody yeah. told us it was going to be in the film it was a surprise but uh, it was received so well and people like it actually gave people a little bit more um, uh, looking back with revisionist history people were like oh that's so funny Zune was really cool you know what I mean yeah. like we got a lot of I, was a, person, yes. <laughs> I wow. was
0: a Zoom we're person actually I was a Zoom person we're few
2: but mighty <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, I mean, it, it is important It's if you take that risk, for, especially for a new product launch because you're trying to be disruptive and gain, mm-hmm. you know, awareness. But I think for ongoing relevancy you're yeah. talking about with, yeah. with brands and just staying top of mind. Because um, I'm going to say, I mean, Apple has really lost that, I think, in Hollywood, lost a lot of loyalty, and um, I think has lost some of that, you know, risk-taking and, and relevancy. And I know... A lot of the community is slowed working with them because it hasn't been pretty difficult and like not, I think, expanding there.
3: Yeah, they're they're super strict about. I mean, you cannot have a cracked screen. You can't have a well. You call can't either. <laughs> I know, but uh, you but, got to fight to put a case I, on it. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. everybody has a phone case. I'm yeah. sorry, you have you to know, put a case on it. Yeah. I, I did an HBO show, and they said, just crack the screen. We don't care. Buy it and stuff. We've got big lawyers too. We'll we'll see them in court. And yeah. it, it, nothing. Ever None came of the, it. Um, but you know.
2: we are not incentivized to want to sue anybody. It doesn't yes. look good on us in any way yeah, unless exactly. somebody's like you know actually trying to disparage us. Yeah. yeah, but that was when I remember when Surface launched when Xbox launched, it was
1: all about like let's just really displace so there's that awareness. Mm-hmm. You know it doesn't have to always be you know super close or this and that. like let's just blanket it out there and mm-hmm. get that trial going. Um, what is your favorite what's your favorite surface? Or I'm going to put you on the spot. There's been so many, so many
2: moments. There's been a lot recently. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, We loved uh, seeing it in the Doctor Strange. Uh, It was both in the trailer Mm -hmm. and in the show. She-Hulk had a big moment for it. Uh, Extraction 2 had a big moment. There's been a ton. Like I would say uh the it's become much more ubiquitous like Mm -hmm. before we used to be like a big win if we you know were able to if there wasn't uh an apple product uh and and just seeing surface in any of those places and now it feels like we've been more embraced and very much due to your work
1: (laughs) well and and music too you've done a lot with music Yep,
2: we've done a lot of product placement music videos um yeah, I mean I would say uh, surface like we used to do a lot of you guys have to used yeah. to have to do a lot of song and dance uh, to sort of explain what it was and get people comfortable and I don't mm-hmm. it, correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think it's much is that it's not that much of a spiel anymore. No, it's it's uh yeah. I, I would agree, and
1: and in your sports sponsorships, I was, in, in involvement too. Chuck, we just uh, you just did a commercial where right. with the NFL, and I you were so knowledgeable about the product and also the partnership that it wasn't scripted, from what I remember, that have devices, but you were like, we need to have these devices because they are the actual sponsor. What yeah. I'm learning you is know. we owe Chuck yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, the, and the people at the NFL that were doing the commercial were were very. Um, responsive to that and, and said, oh, right. yeah, no, let's let's use those and, and stuff. But you were the one saying, "We,
1: this would be also authentic. That. It's yeah. all about that yeah. authenticity.
2: We, I mean, it, it's hard if you're not a official sponsor of the NFL. I would, I would imagine it would have been much more difficult yeah, to no, get it, some it would, other brand in there, too. It would have yeah. been a no-go, a no-go
3: to completely make it generic or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're also, not that this is you, but they're also Cadillac. Cadillac, yeah. and or, so yeah. when they needed a couple of big SUV. You know limo type things outside the stage. Um, I just put a call into crescent Boom. That's Pretty
1: also cool. our we client. We two cars. <laughs> so. I usually don't work on anything with wheels, but uh, you know, you, you had the end. Yeah. And but, I don't
2: know how it is for other tech companies, but uh, the big, the biggest trend has been everyone wants historical Microsoft things. So I've, I've cleared more screensavers from the 70s. Oh wow! Um, like that seems to be like we're getting those requests over and over. Like people want to lean in on historical Microsoft.
0: Do you guys have historical product?
2: Uh, we do, yeah. We have an archive. Oh, nice. um, oh really? Yeah, and will you
0: will you lend those out to shows and
2: stuff? It, you know, it's really funny. We've only done... It, like, it's only been a request once. Most people have what they want already, and they just want us to clear the screen. Um, but well, there is... I think it's a good question, because well, it's yeah.
3: either eBay... And you're that, doing well, that's it the thing. key, eBay. I mean, because uh, right. I worked on the Guardians, and we bought many yes. Zunes on eBay. Yeah. Many. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: that, the one notable exception is nobody asked us for anything on Zoom because they had already gotten yeah. the brown ones from eBay. It, but oddly... Right. That's the one product. Nobody has any of the – there's uh, no logos left. And nobody has mm-hmm. any of the old brand guidelines. And nobody had any product. Like, that oh. is white. I, I probably, as a single human at Microsoft, I probably have more Zoom uh, information now than anybody else. Oh, wow. Which only Good accidentally enough. because I worked on, on that that's partnership. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think what you're talking about is just the the, the trend in uh, Hollywood storytelling has yeah. been a lot of historical. Yes. Because that's been – And honestly- those are very hard to clear. Well it's also my very side. hard to create on other products because yes. I think I like every year it's been about a third of our projects have been some sort of period piece and we have spirits clients and sure. Just creating the labels because no one's gonna ke- have high res art from mm-hmm. 1969, right. you know, something or like that or finding
2: somebody who knows if that something is actually owned by us. Like mm-hmm. it's it's tracking down all of like, you know, the, the archives has what they have what they have, but usually production will send us what they want already, and they want to know if we can clear it. And right, that's kind of a process. Do you
1: have an art? Do you have archivists? We do. Is that how I pronounce we it? We do have archivists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they
2: did a lot for us. Um, for Stranger Things on the partnership side, like we they pulled oh. all of those early screens and early mm-hmm. computers and like gave us all of their Oh, graphic. cool. So, yeah, so we, we definitely have a whole team of people.
1: I mean, there's a lot of directors from my experience who were super particular like about that. Yes. So to have that, I've actually had to show documentation from like Dunkin' Donuts for um, Gone Girl for David Fincher. And this was really only like a five-year difference or something. And we actually had Dunkin' Donuts draft like a PowerPoint and like sign off for it. I, if there was a notary, I think that would have helped even. But like he really needed the proof that it had, that's exactly what it was. And then for Mindhunter, we did the same for Proximo. We had our client with the archivist, like the archivist wrote a note and like this is yeah. validated as such because there are a lot that really do value. Oh yeah, no, you did um, that for us
3: on Black Monday for the same, for Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Oh, so, so glad. <laughs> See, I, I forget the things. But the other thing that is super cool about Microsoft is it's not for everyone, so audiences don't think you can all make this call. But you have your futurists, You have an entire, like, in my head, I feel it's super, like, top secret, and it's like a retinal scan to get in, (laughs) but, like, you do have futurists that you have worked with to consult with. Yeah, we we recently brought in the
2: Egbo team. Uh, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Anthony or Joe at this point. It's been a couple Mm -hmm. years. Uh, But we did bring in um, a a bunch of folks from Egbo, and we brought in every single division, and they were working on a film that was taking place in the future. And we had, uh, uh, even our chief environmental officer was talking about the impact of things and like why we're worried about certain things now and what we think that's going to... So I think we had... Uh, ten different experts come through, and we showed them the future of Microsoft. And we showed them in, you know, what's the room where there's zero sound? <laughs> it's like oh. the quietest room in the world. Oh uh, yeah, the on one campus. that drives people crazy. Yeah, I was, I was in there. Say, oh. cool. It didn't It'll make, make you... me feel crazy. Yeah, um, maybe well, cause I'm already were, crazy. How long? Were you, <laughs> how long were you in there? Uh I was probably in there for about five minutes, but like they have a certain timer on it, like they don't let and like they you can win a chance, like internally at Microsoft if you donate a lot of money during our giving campaign, you can win a chance to be in the world's quietest room. So uh I didn't squander my chance. Really? I'm like you're I gonna let me in there. Be in there. Wow. It, it was fascinating. Like I'd you can hear go. your heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Uh it, no, it, but I'd it, have it didn't have give panic me the attack. I, I don't know, it did not heartbeat. give me the creeps. I kinda huh, liked it. Really? Yeah.
0: I'd give it a go. Yeah. Like if
2: if you give the chance to be in the world's quietest room, you're probably not gonna say no. Uh, but yeah, i think i would we have we we brought them through like we have a whole lab of things like that it's I, I won't give away too many secrets we just have a lot of very interesting and rigorous ways that we test things and how we come up with different concepts and so we walk them through like the secret uh laboratory at so
3: what's it like is it all, an all white room or is it yeah in my head like? i feel like it's I, all feel, white. <laughs> I feel it's a white room i don't I know why picture,
2: it has all of those sound cones right um right? and you stand on a trampoline uh, so you're suspended in this no. room so that uh-uh. you, oh I got to okay. do this
3: no. <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty well documented you can you can find it online like oh, they have yeah. a cert, they, they have a s- certificate out in front I of the yeah they,
0: they, they think they say like like nobody's ever lasted more than ten minutes there's like something I, like I, I that. know it's that, like, that it's I, like it's I, like it, nobody I, I don't
2: think I can go <laughs> that's that. why they have the timer on it like you they come and get, and take you out like they don't let you spend wow. as much time as you want yeah but I mean I felt no weirdness other than it was weird like you can you can hear your blood flowing and your heart beating like really yeah
3: <laughs> no how is it so quiet i don't understand like, wow. they,
2: it, like they have it's like suspended from the ceiling and they have the cones on the wall and you're standing on a trampoline like everything is is engineered wow. to not make any noise or to make the most minimal amount of noise no, huh. no i'd have to take like a valium <laughs> or, a lot of people <laughs> did five sit out. Yeah. yeah
1: like do they have like a window that they can watch you in my head again story no they close like, the door um, no it's uh, yeah, but like it's no one's a... watching
2: you uh-uh oh my god like, so there you, was a moment where I worried like what if the door gets stuck and I was like okay you're being paranoid uh, but yeah the, you that's what I would room. think I've never heard I, of this I neither have I and <laughs> I've been
1: working with you but it, when you take writers or directors or creatives to this space yeah. like to, oh, they also get like they have, they sign away their lives right
2: I don't For think so. Ooh, I, okay. I don't remember that. Uh, yes. You know what? I'm sorry. They there did is. have to sign an NDA ahead of time. We had like because they didn't sign anything day of, but we did have to have a bunch of things signed. And then we took them to um, there's a lab where they work on all the inclusivity pieces and like they got to see all the ways that we're working on, you know, like there's a whole play area basically where they test out our products. So yeah, they, it was a, it was a very, uh, very few people have seen that in depth of a level of, of wow. walking through Microsoft.
1: Are you surprised? Like if, in their heads, the creatives of what's the future, is it? They're not even getting close to your future that you're you're building. Like you know, they may think in their minds like, oh, we're creating this, and this is so futuristic as yeah. a writer. But there's there's so much advanced, you know. Um, products in the future that they can't yeah, touch it. Yeah, I think it.
2: It, it's hard to compete with somebody who can use their imagination, right? So, mm-hmm. um I think the Eggo team did a masterful job in the writer that came through uh in 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 basing it in what we have today. I mean, I think they were very aligned with the people that were like we have a futurist. Uh, we have we, we brought out all the big guns and they were very much already aligned with oh, some were. of the things we okay. were already thinking about and talking about. Yeah, but I think I think they were very surprised to see the the how in-depth we go to think about what what we can predict 20 years or you know forty years into the future
1: yeah yeah and your proposition how do you i mean it's an augmentation or how do you how do you feel to te- i mean tech helps you in your your job and
3: no of course i mean it's always cool to have the newest yeah cool toys and stuff but so what i envision for the future is it's just literally we made some up on dr strange for a lab scene It's basically like a clear piece of glass with a little thing you hold on to and that's everything
2: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs>
3: Of course, yeah. You know, they put everything in with CG, but is that what you're looking at? Uh, been, <laughs> I, did
2: you ever go through the Home of the Future? Were you ever on campus for that? No. No. We we used to have a thing. We, we don't have it anymore called the Home of the Future, and it was very much like they mm-hmm. would have the glass plant panels, and you would see projection and. Uh, I think that that was a very rudimentary way of us thinking about what the future was going to look like. That's right. that
0: seems to be what every TV and movie show has kind of portrayed what the future is going to look like for that for the past I don't know twenty years. Yeah. It's always how it's been portrayed, but I don't think I don't think that that's actually going to be it because I don't think there's any sort of projection that's going to give you the amount of quality that an actual screen will give you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's either all going to be distorted or something. Like I feel like that's an impossible feat to do yeah. unless like it's like. I mean, they even they came out like with I mean, when they first came out with LED and they started coming out with stuff like that, there was like they made I, this was ten years ago when I started this, but they 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 were pitching for one time like a type of TV that was so it was like a it was like a strip almost like mm-hmm. a, like a tape like it was that thin and oh, like I remember this. So you can yeah. you can you can almost you can almost double side tape it up to the wall mm-hmm. and that's the TV and it didn't do well. Like it, it didn't pick I do up. Remember it, this. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I I don't know what it was. It, I do remember people talking about
0: that. Right. And it, like, it, it, nothing ever came of it. It's like, you know, like thin TVs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's still stuff to do. So I think it's always going to be like a tablet or it's going to be some sort of a thing opposed to that. I bet you will be less breakable and stuff like that, but I don't think anything projected or screen th- is going to, it's going to be what's going to come out of it.
1: Same thing with those, like the Google glasses. I was thinking, yeah, those. Glasses. those didn't do good either. <laughs> I, I
3: never tried one on, so I don't know what you actually, if the image, how clear was I don't the know, image but did
0: I did have try? this. Not, not, I mean, it was, it was okay, but I think it's just for the concept of it, they're trying to like. Nothing's gonna be there until they have a chip that can go into your brain that it can come up in your mind and you can just see everything right Elon. there. And that's gonna be what it is. I think that's the that's gonna be like the next step, which is probably even more scary. To I be honest, yes.
2: with you. we're <laughs> as inspired by what you're making as you are as inspired about what we're thinking about. Like it's like it's exciting to see like what you can envision for tech because it mm-hmm. may not be something that we're necessarily thinking about. But I, I would say both have a, a profound influence on the other. Oh, definitely. I mean, life imitates art.
1: Art imitates 100%. life. A hundred percent.
2: So, um, yeah, I mean, I think
1: I, I'm trying to like wrap it up on something that's like super <laughs> juicy and exciting. yeah, you know, um but yeah I, I, I juicy and exciting, I think we've talked about it hmm. we
2: we got all the juice already, yeah,
1: well, thank you for joining us today um. Jen's down from Seattle, from, the, from you know, the campus. So thank you for being The here. mothership. The mothership. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. And Chuck, equally as far, drove from the west side. So for those listeners from Los <laughs> Angeles, you know, thank you on a Sunday for a drive for the west side. So. The flight sure. is probably as long as the drive.
3: <laughs> yeah, almost.
1: <laughs> I did sit in traffic the other day. That was longer than my trip to Cabo that was three or three, like a couple days before. Oh, so, Jesus literally, gosh. it was like two and a half hours. And I was like, wow, my Cabo flight. I sound so bougie. You are bougie, <laughs> aren't you? I'm not. Wow. I, it was my first time. So, anyway. Well, thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you, PMG and Prop Talk for having us. And, and it's been fun. Yeah. Do you Thank know any you. Prop
0: Masters up in Seattle?
2: I don't are think so.
0: Are
1: no.
2: there
0: any? Uh, Kat Cassinger's up there. I mean, she was my mentor when I first started. And she. And she retired from down here to go move, so I don't think I think she's picking up like a couple things here and there, but I don't know. But that's what I was gonna say. It was like I don't think the PMG has any Pacific Northwest members. Uh, we have well, a lot of so Van- much in Vancouver. We yeah, have so a lot say, in Vancouver. So I imagine there's lot. some crossover. We have a lot in Vancouver, so I mean, yeah. If you if any of you listening are in the Pacific Northwest, you should you should apply. We need some representation up there. I know yeah. there's stuff that shoots up there, so. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Um, Anybody, actually, regionally, we we're we're accepting international membership now, so you should apply. Um, Do that stuff. We 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 want to expand our horizon and all support other prop masters around the world. For sure, work together. Um, What are we gonna do? Oh, we're gonna be at Comic Con, LA Comic Con. Um, If if you guys um, who are not prop masters, you're you're just fans of movies and stuff like that, and you want to come hang out, come meet us at LA Comic Con at the LA Convention Center. That would be down there December 1st to the 3rd. And we have, we're talking about Josh Roth in this. He's going to be doing a panel with Brad Elliott on Star Wars uh, and all, how they do all the Star Wars shows and how they make lightsabers, blasters, and droids. All some mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool stuff. Um, we're also going to have a panel on uh, the whole prop crew that did Oppenheimer um, with Guillaume Delouche. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to be hanging out at our, our big booth, um, meeting fans and showing up props from their actual shows and movies. We have the bomb core that's going to be there. We have a whole bunch of other stuff. So make sure um, you come down, hang out with us, check out all the props. Like I said, it's December 1st to the 3rd. So come. Should, Jen,
1: should Jen loan her personal Zune? Yes, oh, I yeah, do have yeah. a brown Zoom for yeah, you. We, 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 the galaxy. Can, we can
0: put that in a case <laughs> so if you want to see the actual Zune. <laughs> so, um, yeah, come check us out. Um, this has been another episode of Prop Talk. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if this is your uh, first time tuning in and listening, make sure um, to like, subscribe, comment wherever you're hearing this. Um, if you want to know more information on the Property Masters Guild, if you want to apply to any of that stuff, or you have questions for us here at Prop Talk, um, go to PropertyMastersGuild.org. Um, you can also hit us up on Instagram or just follow us on Instagram at underscore the PMG. We're on all other socials. Um, I'm Mikey Trudell, and this has been another episode of Prof Talk. Until next week.